The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan it's time for the huge show from the east side to the west side to the UP the huge show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE that's 1-866-838-4843 now Let's go to the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Parts Studio with the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It's our number one on a Wednesday broadcast on the only show willing to tell it like it is. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer. In a few moments, Scott Harris, the new Tigers president. My conversation with him on where the team is at, what they need and what the near and long-term plan is for the Tigers. That will be coming up. Remember, if you miss any interview, any podcast, just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. I do want to welcome in one of the best hires, uh, the Tigers, probably cornerstone hires that I remember. Sparky Anderson, uh, Pudge Rodriguez uh, was a cornerstone hire when they were rock bottom and then they gave us 2006 through 2014. I thought A.J. Hinch was a big hire uh, last year, a well, year and a half ago. And then when I got wind out of nowhere that Scott Harris was leaving the San Francisco Giants, where as GM he had really built a great organization, helped build a great organization. He now would be the Tigers president of baseball operations. I called Ben or emailed him inside the Tigers front office and said I need to talk to the guy. So I do want to welcome in the new president of baseball operations for your Detroit Tigers. Mr. Scott Harris joins us here on the huge show across Michigan. Welcome in, Scott. Hey, Bill. How you doing? Good. Uh, so you're there in San Francisco. Uh, Giants have one of the premier uh, programs, big league level minor leagues. Uh, when do you get that call or... Somebody reaches out to you and says, you know what, Chris Illich and the Tigers are interested in you moving to Detroit and running the Tigers. <laughs> it's funny you ask. We, uh, we were in Minnesota, and uh, the Giants were playing the Twins, and I was walking into Target Field uh, for the start of that series, and my phone rang, and it said Illich Holdings on it. And I thought to myself, man, I better answer this call. So that's how I first heard about it. So they kind of gauge your interest a little bit to see if there's something there, and it begins a conversation that led to your introductory press conference. Uh, The big reason, and I I liked what you said uh, when you met the media, uh, on why you took this job. For the people listening across Michigan who didn't hear that, why did you make that move from the Giants to the Tigers? You know, it was a a really tough decision for me. Uh, Not only had the Giants organization... um, been an excellent uh, group to be a part of, but I grew up in that area. I grew up just south of San Francisco. 
Um, I think the reason that I decided to leave was as soon as I got to Detroit for the interview, it just felt different here. You know, when I, when I landed and I started walking around with Chris Illich and hearing about his vision for the organization and seeing the passion that the fan base had for this team, it just felt a little different to me. As I dug a little bit deeper into the organization and noticed, um, you know, the commitment that ownership has to winning, the young players that exist, the, uh, the uh, you know, potential to, um, you know, earn our way to the top of this division and the resources that were going to be provided, you know, it just it felt like an opportunity that was too good to pass up. And uh, I'm really thrilled that they trusted me to uh, take this position and I can't wait to run with it. You know, Scott, I've always told everybody in my, I'm from West Michigan, love the state, but, you know, in my radio work, I've worked all across the country and for ESPN Radio and CBS Sports Radio, but there's something unique. And I do a statewide sports show and we talk about the Detroit teams and the, you know, state schools and the state high schools and sports athletes and stories. This state and the Detroit metro area you have about what I call five spots in sports. New York, obviously, Boston, Chicago. I think, you know, Philly to a point where there are just diehard traditional fans who love your team no matter what. They may complain. They may not show up if it's a bad season or not what they expected. But the passion that sports fans in the state of Michigan have for their teams I admire it and hear it every day. I feel the same way. Uh, you can't take that for granted. That is special when that exists in a city. Um, and I, I've seen it firsthand. That exists here. Uh, Detroiters love their sports teams. You know, I, in fact, as soon as I got here, I felt like I was uh, being pulled in, the, uh, in college football. I had the Spartans pulling me towards them. I had uh, the Wolverines pulling me towards them. I'm trying very hard to stay in the middle right now. Um, but it speaks to the passion that, um, you know, Detroiters have for their sports teams. And I know um, when it comes to the Tigers, it's a whole another level of fandom and passion and, and energy. And uh, I, I've certainly felt that um, in my short time here and can't wait to, uh, to see more of it going forward. Yeah, because you have the California roots and you grew up in Menlo Park, like you mentioned, Redwood City, uh, south of San Francisco went to UCLA. So now uh, with UCLA and USC, uh, you're part of the Big Ten family. You really didn't move that far, Scotty. Yeah, I think the Big Ten's taking everyone. They took UCLA, they took USC, they took me. So I'm happy to be here. All right, so uh, biggest challenge. Uh, Just uh, early on and when you were looking into taking this job, uh, what do you think is your biggest challenge in making the Tigers a champion again? You know, I think there's a lot of work to do here. Um, if we're going to get to where we want to go, we're going to need contributions from up and down the organization. I think, you know, our primary focus, as I outlined in the press conference, is uh, taking control of the strike zone on, on both sides of the ball. We need to uh, find players that can dominate the strike zone, and we have to develop the players that we have now um, to make sure that they're in position to dominate the strike zone. If we can build a team that dominates the strike zone, we're going to win a lot of games here in Detroit. I think that's the primary focus right now, uh, but there's a lot of work to do this winter and beyond to uh, make sure that we put this team in a position to win consistently. You know, my brother was a second-round pick of the Brewers back in the early 80s, and he runs a baseball academy, and he hates the launch angle. He thinks it's killing swings <laughs> across America. He thinks there's too much analytics. You need a balance, and the launch angle 
He says there's a different look to swings and major leaguers. Uh, you wouldn't see it with Aaron Judge. Uh, but uh, your thoughts on the launch angle uh, and also how much analytics will play a part moving forward with Scott Harris as the Tigers president? Yeah, I, I agree with him. We need to find a balance. Uh, you know, one thing that I think is misunderstood about uh, analytics is that uh, it's not a totally different way to evaluate players. It's just an additional source of information that can help us make better decisions. Um, when, when, I, when I look at analytics, I just look at it as part of the puzzle. You know, it can measure some things that we can't see, but uh, scouting can see uh, some things that we can't measure. And we need to look at every source of information if we're going to make healthy decisions here that that are going to help us build a good baseball team. Um, with respect to the launch angle, um, you know, I think that has become um, uh, there's there's been a little bit of a stigma surrounding that recently. I think the uh, underlying logic is you know ground balls are out in the big leagues. These defenders are are too talented. They're too athletic, and they're positioned well to turn ground balls into outs. So we want players that can lift the ball. We want players that can hit the ball hard and in the air. And sometimes that's, I think, oversimplified into you know, trying to find an optimal launch angle. I don't really look at it like that. Uh, I want to find players that can you know, first dominate the strike zone that we were just talking about, and they can make loud contact in the air. And so that's what I'm going to be focused on when we're building an offense here. Scott Harris is president of baseball operations for the Illich Family and also your Detroit Tigers joining us on the Meyer Guest Line here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Uh, looking at your resume, you worked in the Major League Baseball office. You interned with the Nats and the Reds and worked under uh, Theo Epstein, uh, Chicago Cubs, uh, inside their operations and their front office. Uh, who'd you learn the most from? Where, where we sit today having this conversation on the Huge Show, who gave Scott Harris uh, the best lesson on how to build a winner? I don't know if I can answer that question. I owe my career to a lot of people that I've worked with. You know, some that come to mind are, are Theo Epstein, Jed Hoyer, uh, and Farhan Zaidi. Uh, I learned a lot from all, all three of those guys and, and many more who um, aren't necessarily household names. I think some of the things that I learned that helped me along the way is, you know, Theo and, and Jed taught me that culture can be a competitive advantage. If we're going to build a healthy court, culture that's that's forward-thinking and that's challenging us to – think about ways to differentiate ourselves as an organization that can be a sustainable competitive advantage for us. You know, we can learn how to teach, you know, for, uh, for example, a better slider to some of our pitchers, but the rest of the league is going to catch up. We can learn how to position our, our defenders a little bit better than the rest of the league, but the league's going to catch up. However, if we have a culture that is always forward thinking and innovative, that is something that's going to be a sustainable competitive advantage for us, and it's going to help us find new ways to always put um, the Tigers in a position to be better than the field. You know, I learned countless other lessons from all three of those guys and many more, but that's the first one that I think comes to mind. When you sat down with Chris Illich and you started to talk about taking the job and things you were looking for, uh, how much did salary cap, uh, salary money, portioned out for free agents. How much was that part of the conversation from Scott Harris to Mr. Illich? We definitely talked about it. You know, I think um, as we were talking about it, I understood that the Illich family has 
a strong commitment to winning here, that they are going to provide the resources we need. But I also understood that it's on me to come up with compelling opportunities to make this team better. If I come up with compelling opportunities to, to get better, I know that the Illich family is going to be behind us and they're going to provide all the resources that we need. So when you said yes to this job, it was green light, green light, green light. Everything was a go in terms of uh, you having full control of baseball operations with the Tigers. Yeah, the only red light was winter. I don't know if I'm ready for that. No, I'm not ready either. So, Scott, what we'll do is we'll do the show uh, from California uh, during the winter, and you'll work remotely, and I'll do the huge show every day from California. Sounds great. Where do I sign up? Yeah, amen. Uh, Free agency this winter. I know you're just on the job, so it's tough to really break down a really disappointing baseball season uh, for the Tigers Nation uh, but uh, will you be active in free agency, or is it too early to even go there? I think we're going to be active in all avenues to get better players. Um, we're also going to be active in developing the players that we have. So I can't really comment for a variety of reasons on specific individuals. I also uh, am working with our existing staff here to identify the profiles that we will be targeting. Um, but rest assured, we are going to be very active um, throughout my tenure here with Detroit because I think there are always opportunities to get better and we're going to work very hard to uh, seize every opportunity that we're presented with. You know, Scott, uh, different voices, change in leadership can really spark a team, a business, a family, uh, a school, uh, any level. And I really, really mean this sincerely. And I'm a pretty straight shooter when it comes to sports in this state. I, I love the hire. I love your resume. I love what you did with the Giants and the culture and the team and the mix between free agents and maximizing the farm system. And I look forward to more conversations and uh, seeing what the product is on the field and off the field in Detroit. Thanks, Bill. That means a lot to me. Let me know when you're uh, back in the ballpark. I'd love to meet you in person. Yeah, you bet. I'll I'll talk to Ben and uh, we'll do that. I'll sit down there and give you my breakdown on every player, uh, every game, okay? Sounds good. Tell me which free agents to sign, okay? Okay, I'm going to do all that. I'm I'm basically your general manager. You're going to hire me. I will do I a press conference. Now, oh, well, that, that's one other thing I wanted to ask you. Uh, you will hire a GM, right? I intend to. I, I don't have a timeline for that decision. There's a lot of work to be done um, to assess this organization and, and the, the strengths and then the areas of improvement before I can identify a skill set uh, that I need. But I intend to, to hire a GM, and you know, it might be you, Bill. That'd be that could be like a Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> sounds great. Thanks for having me on. Have a great weekend. All right, Scott Harris. He sounds like he's what, thirty-five? From St. Joseph to Midland. This show is huge. Dirty oil can easily wreak havoc on your vehicle's engine, so be sure to change the oil at recommended intervals. And for a motor oil that outperforms conventional and synthetic blends, try Mobile One, the full synthetic motor oil that keeps your engine running like new. Ask for Mobile One at your local Auto Value Auto Parts store. And don't forget to pick up a Wix XP oil filter to complete the job. Because when it comes to oil changes, we've got you covered at Auto Value, where service is the difference. We get it. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA 
on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan, available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back on the huge show across Michigan. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer, as we originate from the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Parts Store Studios. Now, we just had the conversation with Tigers president Scott Harris, a new hire. And earlier, I had the chance to talk with former major leaguer John Vanderwall about the new president and about the team. The guy isn't a cookie cutter guy. He kind of has the way he's done it at different stops and working under Epstein and uh, with the Giants, and he's moving fast right now on getting rid of a lot of the names that you, I'll give you credit on your Facebook page to me personally when we're talking via text or uh, the Facebook Messenger. The first guys to go were the guys you talked about. Well, he's coming in new. Uh, as a new president, he's going to put his own guys in. So you got to give him a shot. Uh, he's been with Theo. He's been with... See, all this stuff started like back in 2012. 2012 was when the game really, really started to change. So you have all these young kids that came in as interns who... Off the billy ball, right? Well, I guess. Yeah, so they all all came in as interns. They worked their way up. And now, 10 years later, they run baseball. So you have a guy who has... part of this system so uh he's going to bring his own guys in there were some interesting guys he brought in the guy from tampa i think uh on the outset looks really really good tampa's really been a a, an organization that's really thrived um in this analytical slash old school type of baseball they blend stuff in and uh, i've talked to guys over there uh, that that's what they did they started off in the analytical side they realized that you can't do that um be totally analytical. Totally right? analytical. Well, that's what Detroit did. You know, that's what they just started to do two years ago. I can get into that in a little bit, but they realized you can't do that. So they blended old school with analytics. There are some really, really good tech stuff, but you just can't throw out you just can't throw out the old school, which a lot of these people did because they felt threatened because they don't know the game. They didn't know the game like Guys like me, like the old school guys, know the game, so they wanted to get them out, and they did get them out. And you're seeing it on, especially on the offensive side, how it, it's absolutely killed baseball. So you mean in, in terms of the, is it the launch angle swing? Oh, uh, it's a launch angle swing. It's it's these hitting gurus online. It's it's collapse the backside. It's try to get on plane on the backside and swing upward. It's all this techno, technological garbage that they feel comfortable with because, um, you know, 
they don't know the game. They were the last guy on the playground to get picked, and now they are the ones running the show, and they don't understand what's going on uh, within the game in a lot of instances. And uh, they got their guys in that they felt comfortable with. Well, getting the Jays' longtime scouting director, Rob Metzler, Scott Harris, I go back to my first and only conversation with him about a week after he got the job on the huge show across Michigan. And what struck me was that he talked about that blend. Yes, we're going to use analytics. Baseball's been built on analytics. There's averages, right? There's numbers. There's fielding percentages, uh, on-base percentages. But we need to blend the natural talent with the analytics with also the gut feeling of people we put in charge of teams for in-game strategy. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, if that's what he is saying and that's what he goes by, then I'll tell you what, you've, we've, got, you've got a good, we've got a good one. I'm going to say we've got a good one as a Tiger fan because we, you need someone up there who will blend it, who truly will blend it, and will not just go to the analytics side because uh, it is on, on the hitting side anyway, it, it's on its way out. So the Tigers were living by analytics only? Well, the Tigers were just the Tigers. They so weren't was, doing anything. What was wrong with Avila in terms of uh, him, his front office personnel? What were they doing wrong? Well, they were always the, – the Tigers, When I even when I got there my first year in, in – uh, I believe it was 2018 was my first year – uh, when I when I first got in, the guys were going, you, you know, Dave Liffle came in and really did do a lot of really good things and, and did clean up the minor leagues. But the, the minor leagues were a mess. And Al Vila was part of that mess um, in, you know, from 2010 or whenever he was. He was part of the, the minor league side. So they brought in, they started paying their coaches a little bit more. And then suddenly um, Chris Illich decided to say, okay, we're going to spend a lot of money in the minor leagues. And they brought all of this analytics stuff in. And they just they just put a fire hose into the minor league system where a lot of people didn't even understand what was going on. Um, they didn't even know what's going on. So they were already four or five years behind the eight ball when they, when they did that. Uh, they tried to throw it all in in a year and they got caught. And I, I, I believe on the, the, the analytics side on the pitching side, it, it really has done some pretty good stuff. Um, on the hitting side, it has been an absolute disaster, as you've seen within what the Yankees strike out 50 times in four games. And the Yankees are were one of the tech companies and that's who came in. that's postseason when you're supposed yeah. to put the bat on the ball. But the Yankees were one of the leaders coming in with a tech company. People probably know who they are, who brought in all these tech six-month certifications from this place. And I and it they flooded their organization with it, and they lived and died with it. And it and it, it actually it was really embarrassing to watch them play. And you're a former Yankee. I'm a former Yankee. I love the Yankee. I love New York, but it was absolutely embarrassing. I've had I've got uh, friends who were in that organization who left because they saw it coming that they were hiring they were hiring people within the offensive within the hitting game who had no baseball experience and they were running they were running programs they were running running the minor leagues it it caught up to them and uh it was really bad it's been that, that was horrible what happened to them so basically what you're saying is Alavila let these analytical guys just run free throughout the minor league system so the question is how did that affect the major league ball club in terms of a massive underachieving season. Well, that's a great question, and 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 I and I've been thinking about this because I at first I was like, okay, 
you know, Scotty Coolball, he couldn't have been with this collapse the backside, swing upward. But then I started hearing hearing through the summer that, hey, he was the guy who worked with what's his name, Grossman. And he got him, supposedly got him going last year. Well, he got him going and he couldn't get him out of it this year. I mean, and Grossman leaves and gets to a new hitting instructor and tears the cover off the baseball, hit hit well for the Braves. Yeah, the, well, I, I think he did in the beginning. I don't know how it, it all totally ended right. up. But yeah, he did. There was improvement. Right. Improvement, you're right. So, but then I, I'm starting to look at it. I'm looking at all of these, um, most of the hitters in that in that lineup were except Miguel wasn't but there were some older guys who who stayed with their within themselves but you seen uphill collapse the backside barrel in and out of the zone all throughout the lineup so i've had people who have contacted me and uh, i was really shocked at what i had heard that interns were going to the young kids and telling them how to hit so they were on the iPad telling them, hey, this is what you got to do. This is what we think you do. Well, if you're a young kid in a big league team, you want to please people. You want to do what they're telling you to do. The sad thing about it was is so that this these is young, going on not in the minor league. No, level. this is big leagues. So in Detroit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. So, so, so in turn, like, are being sent as so messengers like, from somebody, right? So, like, Joe Smith, who graduated from Western with a sports admin degree, who's an intern, is suddenly on an iPad and got authority and telling guys, well, hey, Trying this to is... Trying tell what, Torkelson how to hit? I'm not going to say who, but yeah, there was some there's some guys. So they were telling guys... So these guys want to please people. They want to say, hey, we want to be good. We want to be, hey, a good citizen to the organization. So they were going with it. Well, these kids struggled. I mean, they, they, they really, really struggled. And you could see, I mean, I, I'm watching baseball games. I'm going, these kids aren't this bad. So what, what did you see as a, a former major leaguer and John Vanderwald joining us in the studio out of Hudsonville on the west side of the state? Uh, played at Western, right? Yep. Western and then on to the big leagues with uh, Giants. Well, Expos, right? Yep, Expos, Expo. Rockies. All, Rockies, I forgot. I'll leave out the Rockies, Giants, Padres, Yankees. Uh, he he taught Barry Bonds and Jeter how to hit. That was interesting. Well, no, I didn't. But I'll tell you what, Barry Bonds <laughs> is the best hitter ever. There's no Well, and people question. still won't uh, because they... I, he'll, I, he'll get they're, they're trying to. I had buddies while we're golfing argue that Aaron Judge is a better hitter than Bonds. And I... Oh, my gosh. I, I went crazy. No. I said, are close. you kidding me? Not even close. I, yeah. Put anybody in a band box like uh, Yankee, the new Yankee Stadium. And if you have any, well, power, if you'd have put Barry Bonds in in either Yankee 90, Stadium, he'd hit a hundred, hundred home runs. Yeah, he hit hundred because I mean, San Francisco is the toughest place to hit in baseball because of the wind. And he has seventy, what seventy four? Other changes so much. Yeah, I mean, right? so it can be like sunny and seventy one for four o'clock BP, and at seven o'clock the gas heaters are on in July, and it's uh, cloudy, misty, and fifty three degrees at, at game, game time. time. Right. Yeah. So yeah, he played with Bob. Every night, every night in July and August, it's like that. It's were, were you in the cab? That uh, I don't know if I asked you this last summer. Did you get into the the captain the series? I didn't. Did you watch it? No, I didn't. You know, I did. Do you watch a lot of baseball now that you're done playing? I watched a lot of Tiger games. Um, so why were they so bad hitting? You think? Why why were they so bad as a team this year? I think, and this is my opinion. I think that they let analytics come in. And I th- and run everything and run everything, and they got bit and they got bit hard. 
That's what I, that's because if you know baseball and you know hitting, you watch their swings and they, and you watch them day in and day out and you want to vomit. For a team, for a team that lost their entire starting rotation, they lost all five guys. That is death. I mean, in April, they were done. However, the hitting was so bad in baseball for the majority of the teams that they could compete with a triple A rotation and they did if they would hit any inkling they would have probably won 70 games i was shocked that they only won 66 because to start that roster was actually pretty good they had it was it was kind of i mean they had enough pitching to survive to win 70 71 72 73 games and if it wasn't for their last what 10 days where they did actually put a run on um they lost 100 games so that run though happened after avila's fired Uh, so do you think that these guys were just able to go up there and swing and there wasn't the mental stuff in their head on analytics and that's why they had a decent run or were they all saying, hey, we better do something because Harris is watching us? Right? No, I think it's baseball and they were bound. They couldn't be that bad for that long. It's just numbers. They I mean, were bad. They were horrible. And you can't be that bad. Even, I mean, I've been on some bad teams. I was the Pirates, the Brewers. We, we, we I forgot were, the Pirates and the Brewers, too. My God, you've been on like... I know I've been I've 30 been major league teams, but I've been on some bad teams and you are bound for a run sooner or later when eight to 10, nine to 10, 10. I mean, you're bound to do it. It doesn't matter how bad you are. You are going to get on a run eventually. They did. And they did it at the end. Um, so they, it, so what they went 66. I mean, they at least at least they did get on a run at the end. Can they flip it quick? Uh, yes. Harris, can they uh, can they be a 500 team next year? I think next year they've got a good shot of 500. I really do. Just because when they move away from total analytics to a blend and they have new leadership. Yes, I, I'm still kind of shocked. I mean, yes, the, absolutely they can. I, they're not as bad as what they were. And they better not, I mean, I'm going to say better not. I would not get a, get rid of Candelario, um, Alex Padu. I mean, really? they've got... Candelario, you think, oh, was caught up in the analytics? I thing? think he was, too. I think a lot of them were. Baez, though, the big ballpark. But, it, okay, so I, I even told you this back in January. I said he he's not going to have a good... cut swing, right? Yes, well, he can plane it out, though. He's a good player. Uh, but I did tell you, it's going to take him a year to adjust the American League. It just is. Now with a DH and both leagues, it's not going to be that big a deal. But coming from the National League with a pitcher hitting, they pitch you totally different. I, I mean, I told many people that it, he's not going to have that good a year this year because he has to get used to rotations. He's facing pitchers he's never seen before in his life. He's facing uh, bullpen. I mean, he just it, it, it takes an adjustment. Uh, he's going to be fine next year. The the team I think it depends on who they get as a hitting instructor and if and if Harris does do what he says and they're going to blend it and they get somebody in here who knows what he's doing and can can get to these guys they're going to be fine I think Torkelson's going to be fine I think Badu's going to be fine a lot of these guys are going to be fine they've got a they've got a decent team um, now they just need some guidance what was interesting at the end of the year that uh, ten game run you mentioned John that Badu and Torkelson looked like the hitters we had seen the previous year. Yeah, and maybe they started relaxing. Or, or, I, I don't, or someone told them. Maybe forget. just go, just forget what you're doing. Just go out and hit. Yeah, go go to your natural swing. Just go, just go out and play. Like Harris, Harris talks to him and says, "I just want to see you play." Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Just maybe, and maybe he did. I, I, I don't know, but maybe he went in there and said, "Hey, let's well, if just you go knew play." What, if you knew what was going on, John, and your connections to the Tigers organization and the game of baseball, Harris had to know. 
He probably did. I, he, but why wouldn't A.J. Hint step in and tell an intern, get the hell out of my dugout? Well, maybe he was one who did it. That A.J. Hinch would send an intern to talk to somebody about hitting? I, I don't know. I, I, see, here, here's the other So where's where A.J. Hinch's role in this for the team underachieving? Well, so the moves that were made in the last winter were A.J.'s moves. Push for him, right? Yeah, he pushed for him. They were his moves. So I mean, so Rodriguez was a huge bust. Well, they were his moves, and then I mean, when when uh, Al Al was gone, and the rats start flying and stuff starts flying out, and I mean, I caught some of it here and there. I won't probably catch any more, but I was catching stuff. Is that you know these were his moves? Um, he him and Sam supposedly they were the and ones Sam was Menzen he, they were the guys making is he the still moves. there I, I have no idea no. so everything was done through them um, and then when everything started crashing and then they blamed on Al but Al really wasn't the one who was making the moves it was it was a that, that, that's what's kind of the the interesting dynamic here is um, you have a new guy come in and the manager was the one who supposedly interviewed his new boss Um that 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 to me is kind of crazy. Interviewed and, Scott Harris. Well, yeah, supposedly in on the interviews with him and Chris, and they were and they were going to pick out who the new his new boss would be. That's going to be to me is going to be the interesting dynamic because if I'm Scott Harris, I want my manager. I don't know if I, I think probably AJ wanted Josh Burns or someone that he was more more comfortable with. I'm just guessing. I don't know this, but I know that they have a really good relationship. I that's why I was like that's probably going to be the new guy. So now you got Harris, who I don't know if he has any ties to AJ, but that's going to be really. I, I think that's going to interest to see if they butt heads or not. And maybe if you look at the Illich family, that they went away from what AJ wanted, knowing maybe they did. They wanted a neutral party to be able to evaluate everything top to bottom, major leagues down through the minor leagues, maybe on and did. off the field. And I think that's what some of the people um, that I have spoken with that have you know, told me things were like, you know, this was a total catastrophe, but it wasn't Al, you know, it was the man who was running the club all season long. Which is A.J. Hinch. Yeah. Who's the manager because I, if if interns are walking up to players I, and that did happen. And I, I, I now right, but I would think that your manager immediately if Al was sending them down would go kick open his door like, you know, in a baseball movie and say, keep the front office out of my dugout and, and or I th- out of our clubhouse or or the hitting cages underneath. Right. So th- just that information, I, I was absolutely shocked and aghast that and, and I felt really, really bad for the young players because I was one, I was young ones coming up and you are walking on eggshells. You want to be able to please everyone. You don't want to do something stupid and you are going to do anything you can to make sure you're in good standing with the organization, with the upper management. So I, I, I think next year, uh, I think next year is going to be actually a pretty good year for the Tigers I, because the, the hitting is still going to be bad. They showed that they have enough pitching that can compete. Even though, even if they don't have that number one guy, they do have enough people in there. I was, I was like, wow. I, I was impressed with what happened on the pitching side because when you lose all all five starting pitchers, 
you lose your whole rotation and you still competed and you really competed good enough to win 75 to 80 well, that probably goes to fatter the pitching coach on the maybe job. it does maybe he you know, is he, that good he, he I, is I don't good. know well he's been good with the healthy pitchers um he's been really good but they had they did a good enough job to win 75 80 games easy if they would have had any hitting with any hitting so is Baez, you think Baez, Baez is comfortable and he'll he'll find the gaps at Comerica. I know some say the ballpark's too big. He's swinging. It is too big. Homer's like, you know, he's still at Wrigley. It's way too big. Um, But yeah, he's going to be fine. I wonder if they're going to bring in the fences at Comerica. They should. It's it's ridiculously big. It's just... Create a... I don't know what they'll do, but... But, put it this in perspective, is it's what's big enough to keep their pitching in the game. So... There's a flip side. There is a flip side. But your offense was so bad it couldn't get out of the infield. So, I mean, it, it is. But I, I, I think they're going to be pretty good next year. John Vanderwall is a former major leaguer going through his laundry list of teams he played for. He's out of Hudsonville, Michigan, Western uh, Michigan University, down in Kalamazoo. One other thing I took from the new president, Scott Harris, interview, the new president of the Tigers, I asked him, when you had a conversation with Mike Elledge, did you... Talk to him about the need to be active in free agency and to have access to money. And he told me, yes, that was part of our conversation. So now the question is, pitching is pretty deep if they get healthy. What do you do for, you could, you could use some pop in that lineup, right? Yes. So do you go out and, not, you're not going to go after Aaron Judge. He's going to end up Dodgers, Mets, or stay with the Yankees. Well, there was a reason why teams moved by us to second base. You know, and when you, we heard the gaslighting of him being this spectacular shortstop, and this, I'm like, no, timeout. He can play shortstop, but he's probably more of a second baseman. He's probably comfort zone because you saw it all throughout the summer. He did mess up a lot over there. Is he good good fielder? Yeah, he can be, but I don't know if he stays in the game well enough consistently every day to play shortstop. So he's probably a second baseman. You throw him at second base, and you go out. I mean, I would go out and spend money again on a shortstop. That's what I would do. Or if you want to build from within, which you still can, you can use, I mean, Kreidler's glove looked pretty good. His offense looked a little shaky, but um, he showed some bright spots. Um, they do have some players, but if you're going to do that, then you just say, hey, we're going to, don't gaslight us like they did last year and tell us, we, we, you know, that we're going to make the playoffs. The rebuild was over. Yeah, the well, rebuild was the over. the exact word from Avila. Which it wasn't. Which. I mean, I mean, most Tiger fans who really looked at it and looked at the roster said, no, if we won 81 to 84 games, that would be spectacular. So don't gaslight us. Tell us you're still building or you go out and you spend some quality money and get a number one, get a shortstop and, uh, and roll with it. And I still think you really need a catcher, too. With some pop? Yeah, I think they wanted, uh, what's his name, uh, the guy they got from Cincinnati. Barnhart. Barnhart. I think, you know, I don't think he was as expected. I think he probably did call a pretty good game and was good with the pitchers and stuff. But um, you might need something different back there. So when you when you go around the, the lineup, uh, and I know they went through a lot of injuries, but Candelario... You'd say go get a shortstop. Kryler did show a good bat. I, I still think he's a third baseman. Yeah, you can't Monday, take right. Yeah, but you and you you can't really take what somebody did in September as hey, because this you're is seeing, what they're going to be. You're seeing inferior pitching. Well, you, yeah, you're just seeing a lot of guy. A lot of teams go, okay, we're going to throw guys in and see what they do. So September's not really a good. Uh, so you say shortstop, move bias to second. Yeah, 
Uh, I think Torres will be fine. Yeah, he's fine. Be first, fine. He's a really good defensive first baseman. Uh, go I think, after a catcher. Yeah, I, I, and I, you know, you, you've got Green, Badu, and who is in right? Um, Victor Reyes. You know, yeah. I mean, played fantastic. He's got a great so, swing. Um, you've got enough pieces in there. Um, but that lineup still smells like a seventy to eighty win team. Yeah, I, unless there's not unless Torkelson and Green just go off the charts, which I think they're gonna. I I, I don't think they're gonna have this sophomore slump because I think both of them kind of had a freshman slump. So usually, like Badu came in and just did fantastic. I tell you what, he did his rookie year. You don't see very often. You just and, you, and the Tigers did pick him out of nowhere to get. So you cannot give up on that kid because that kid's going to be a good player. If they if they just say okay, get rid of him, he'll 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 show up haunting them someday. He is that good. I and I believe that, and I think Candelario is too. Right? Really? Yes, I, I I do. You cannot give up on these kids. Not yet. You got to you got to keep. Well, running look, they them gave out up there. on Paredes, and look how well he hit with Tampa. Right? He, yeah. There were some other influences in on that. I'm not going to go into it with him. <laughs> so um, you got all you got all the inside. Well, you worked inside the system. So I just that's when just, I say that, that's just as, say as there's other there was other things and in, in that one. So uh, well, but there's a lot that goes on that people never know. Um, I thought it was a great move. I'm to be honest with you. You know, did he come out and, and house a fire and that? Yeah, he did. But I think that was one of the better moves they made. So you're, you're saying, you know, to me, I kind of look at it and say, okay, you're still... Well, you still got Meadows. Well, I know. With Meadows and he's got vertigo or whatever happening with him, I, I still look at that lineup, if it's Badu and Torkelson and Green and Candelario and you're going to roll the dice again... It's really similar to what you were walking into this past season. Yeah, but don't tell everyone you're going to win 90 games and your rebuild's over. The but rebuild. I think because the people will see that same lineup, I, I don't know how that translates to the ticket buying public. <sighs> okay, I, I, yeah, I, there needs I to can be, see there that. There needs to be a wow factor to a point somewhere, which we thought maybe Baez was going to be that wow factor, and Torkelson and Green were. Baez will be the wow factor the next year. He will but hit three hundred and hit. Baez will be the wow factor. Baez will be what was advertised next year. He'll, he's going to be what people good. were thinking. Yes, this he year. will be. He will be, and then you, you just didn't give you. You went so hard on the analytics, and you let the interns in, and you did things, and you really messed this whole thing up. So now you're going to have to have another year to just rewind and let these kids play, and now you've just delayed everything a year. So that's what I would do, unless unless they really want to go out and spend some money. Um, you've got to let these kids play and and let them play and let them feel, let them get their swings the, the way they want their swings, not now how some uh, some person who's an intern to tell them what angle their ba- their barrel should be on to make contact. John Vanderwall, former major leaguer, grew up in Hudsonville, Michigan, here on the west side of the state, calls Grand Rapids home. You got a baseball question, add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook, and opt in on that HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21,000. All of our social network interaction is presented by the Denver Nuggets G League team, the Grand Rapids Gold, who now call Van Andel Arena in downtown GR home. And their first game at the Van will be on Thursday night, November 10th. Get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com and the Van Andel Arena box office. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. 
BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Hi, this is Matt Shepard. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app, featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. If you're planning a trip to Las Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting premier loyalty program, including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager with BetMGM. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today and take advantage of the BetMGM Rewards. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Michigan only. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Back on The Huge Show across Michigan, 19 radio stations strong. For the one close to you, go to thehugeshow.net. And remember, we're everywhere when it comes to podcasts, and they're free. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts and you can catch up and listen on your schedule. Free podcasts when you want them. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. Big. Bad. Huge. 